0: This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson,
1: Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone live from the warehouse here in Salt Lake. 1825 South 300 West price is so low it'll blow your mind. Come on by and uh, take advantage of these great deals. We also have jazz gear for you. We're going to talk to Chris Dobertine of uh, SB Nation. Uh, we talked to him a couple weeks ago. He also uh blogging the We'll get his thoughts on the draw uh, for the local schools and uh, his thoughts on the tournament overall. Gordon, have you uh, have you officially filled yours out yet? I have not. Um, have you?
2: I have not. No, no. Are you but, going to get all fancy schmancy and try to guess which uh, upsets are going to happen early on?
1: Because uh, because that, that's risky to do. You uh, pick the
2: wrong ones, and you're cooked.
1: Yeah, we 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 all know your strategy. Um, <laughs> to to go with chalk. I just need to find out who my champion is going to be. That's not Gonzaga. That's that's really what I got to. That's really because what I you're trying to be out. different. Yeah, uh, different than you, yes. Yeah, that's what I'm, <laughs> okay. that's what I'm right. trying to do. All right, uh, let's get out to the sound phone. Joining us now, uh, works for SB Nation, uh, bracketologist. Also, uh, check him out at bloggingthebracket.com. Welcome him back to the big show. He is Chris Dobbertine. Hi, Chris, how are you? All right, how are you guys? Hey, we're great. Um, you, you know, somebody in, in your line of work and your expertise must feel pretty good to be talking NCAA tournament after a year off.
3: Well, yes, except we're going to go, we're going to change the subject from you know projecting the bracket to picking the games, which is where I am unfortunately not quite as good, <laughs> not quite as strong as as I am over the
2: past two months. So, uh, as you as you look at what the brackets are now, uh, the, even though you say you're, you're no good at it, who do you as you as you look it through? Who looks like it has? I either not want to say easiest route, but uh, a good shot to make it to the Final Four.
3: Well, I think when you kind of look at the regions,
2: you know, you mentioned Gonzaga. They really have the clearest
3: path just because, you know, they're playing, you know, a ch- potentially a four seed and a, either a two or a three seed that they played before, handled before relatively easily. And then, of course, one of those teams, Virginia, we don't know how many players they're going to have, if they're going to be able to show up on Saturday. So, And we just found out now that, you know, that 8-9 game in Gonzaga's pod it has been completely turned over on its head because Oklahoma's 2nd line scorer is now out because of COVID. So I honestly think that they probably have the easiest road. Looking at the most difficult on the flip side, I was going through it, and Michigan to me is like that's like the death bracket for them because, again, their best player is, you know, out. We don't know if Isaiah Livers is going to be back. And you think about the bottom half of that bracket, you have Texas and Alabama who are just coming off great performances in their conference tournaments. And then Florida State, a team that they always seem to have to run into, you know, in a West regional usually the past couple of seasons. And that would be a very difficult, you know, Sweet 16 game if they can get past, you know, say LSU, you know, in the second round. So that would kind of be the other side of it to me.
1: If you were a BYU fan, who are you cheering for, the Bruins or the Spartans, and how do you think the Cougs match up against those teams?
3: It's really hard because, you know, with Michigan State at this point, you don't know what you're going to get. I think that on paper that would be the most difficult game. But Michigan State is so inconsistent. They've only won three times away from home all season, and those three wins were at Assembly Hall, Nebraska, and Duke. And, of course, a win over Duke doesn't you know mean anything this year, really. And unfortunately for them, you know, they got put in the first four, and they're not even playing the first four games at Assembly Hall. They're playing at Mackey Arena in Purdue where they didn't win. Um, so they didn't get the advantage of getting to play in an arena they've already, you know, won at least once this year. And, and UCLA, of course, has had some injury issues, didn't look very good in the Pac-12 tournament. Uh, I think that Michigan State would be the team, you know, to worry about more. But I think that, you know, Michigan State's offense has been so inconsistent. That I think BYU should be able to outscore them they get to the next
2: round. What do you think of Barcelo? Because it seems like guards so often get the credit or get the emphasis in the NCAA tournament. Uh, how, how do you evaluate him and what he brings to the table for BYU? you
3: know you've got senior leadership is so very important. Somebody who can take care of the ball very well. You know, somebody who can get to, you know get to the line a fair amount, make his free throws when he gets there. You know, really good three-point shooter, 11th in the country in three point, you know, three-point shooting. It doesn't take too terribly many, but, you know, 48% is really good. You know, when you have that combination of that senior leadership, you know, that's kind of what you need to move forward, especially when you're playing a team potential like Michigan State that's not going to have that senior leadership in the backcourt.
1: Would you agree with me that the, uh, the under bet on Utah State, Texas Tech, is about the surest <laughs> bet in the tournament this year? I mean, you have two top, two teams
3: that are in the top 30 in Ken Palm's adjusted defensive metric. So yeah, I think, I think you definitely want to do that. Um, Texas Tech can be a little bit better offensively than Utah State is, but Utah State also does a really good job, you know, of taking care of the ball and getting second chance, you know, second chance buckets, which I think is going to limit Texas Tech on that side of things. That being said, you know, typically when I don't pick a team for my field. When I miss a team, like I did with Utah State this year, I usually take them. I didn't take the Aggies this year. That hmm. was the first time I've ever done that since we've gone to, to a 68-team field.
2: What do you think of Craig Smith? I mean, Jake and I were talking earlier with uh, the departure or the termination of Larry Kraskoviak at Utah, and uh, you hear these rumors out there about various possibilities for bright young coaches. Do you, do you consider Craig Smith in that category? Oh, yes, absolutely. I mean, you think about getting to,
3: you know, three consecutive Mount West championship games, you know, even if the league has been kind of up and down the past few seasons, you know, to be able to do that consistently when you still have, you know, a really solid team like San Diego State, you know, beat them two times in a row, push them, you know, for 30 minutes or so, you know, on Saturday. Yeah, I think that you really have a good opportunity when you're Craig Smith, and you know I hear he you know, was being talked about, you know, for the Minnesota job potentially because he's from up that way originally, that that doesn't surprise me. He he has really been able to build a program, you know, in a in a very difficult situation with where the Mountain West is compared to where it was when it was getting you know four or five teams inconsistently, you know, about ten years ago.
1: As long as we're talking about coaches, uh, Chris and Chris uh, Dobertine with us uh, from BloggingTheBracket.com. Uh, How good of a job is the University of Utah, do you think?
3: I think that it's better than it was when Gristowiak showed up. I think at that point it was kind of really, really on the downside, um, especially compared to the rest of the the Pac-12. There's room to grow in the Pac-12, I think, because you always are going to have teams like Washington State Oregon State even, you know, naturally made the tournament this year um, where there's not going to be the expectations or the possibility of really being able to be a great power. As I've said before, I think Colorado was kind of a good road map. If you can get get there, especially with the tradition that Utah has in the first place, I think you're in a really good position to kind of make the Utes a program that's in the top half of the league consistently.
2: Speaking of coaches, continue on with that whole theme. Mark Pope at BYU, as we talked about, has really done a nice job down there. Is, is he also a hot young coach?
3: I think so, but, you know, it's a matter of, you know, how you know BYU is a little bit of a different fit culturally for, for the coaches they hire. So it's not necessarily a situation where you're going to really be able to get the guy to another job relatively easily. I think that, you know, he has a – I think he's probably best placed to kind of stay there and kind of build a program that can challenge Gonzaga and St. Mary's on a consistent basis year in and year out.
1: So uh, give us a couple of teams maybe that you've got your eye on uh, that could uh, win a couple of games and do some damage that maybe uh, nobody's talking about. Uh, I like that whole
3: Creighton, Virginia, UC Santa Barbara, Ohio pod. I think that, you know, especially if Ohio can get out of that group, I think that they can get, you know, get past Virginia. I think they, I think Creighton's probably going to struggle with the UC Santa Barbara. Um, if they don't, different story because I think Creighton can really, you know, outshoot the Bobcats and it's going to be a little bit more of a, of a different situation for them. I like USC's draw as a sixth seed. I think that Kansas is down. Kansas is going to have, you know, they're going to be a little short-handed, and I think that. I have USC going to the lead eight because I think at some point, Iowa's defensive frailties are going to come back and bite them. And USC has enough talent, I think, to make it happen. So, you know, out in the West region, I think that, you know, that's kind of the way it goes. As I said, LSU, I have LSU going to the regional final in the in the east simply because, you know, they're going to have Michigan. And then Florida State's another team, kind of like Michigan State, can be really good but can be really inconsistent. And look what they did against Georgia Tech in the ACC tournament final kind of hitting the bad side for them. Um, Didn't really think much of the, in in terms of the draw for the South region, I kind of went chalk there, except for Winthrop over Villanova, because again, Villanova, another team that's going to be shorthanded, really struggled losing um, Colin Gillespie. Uh, I think that Winthrop having lost once all year, I think they're going to be able to, you know, to shoot enough to get past the Wildcats who probably aren't going to have enough offense. Um, And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Maybe Syracuse, maybe, depending on if they get past San Diego State, I think they could have a chance against West Virginia to get to the Sweet 16. But that that first game is going to be really tough for the Orange um, just because the Aztecs are, are, are such a complete team.
2: You mentioned Gonzaga earlier, and obviously we get to see them, uh, you know, on a somewhat regular basis here. Are they, as, is they, are they as tough and unbeatable as uh, some people think they are, or do you think that they are ripe to be plucked? Well, you kind of saw it in the first half of that game against the
3: Cougars last Tuesday where, you know, they weren't defending in the first half. BYU was able to make a lot of shots, able to build a lead, and then they kind of turned turned the tables in the second half, started to clamp down a little bit more on defense, started to get more buckets. And I think that that's the situation that, that really could give Gonzaga problems in the tournament, and I think that that's where team say if they play USC in the Elite Eight could be an issue, where if they just kind of decide to take their foot off the gas for 20 or 30 minutes and they face a team that's really able to take advantage of that, as the Cougars did on last Tuesday, yeah, they could be right for an upset, but, but I think that they've just been down the road so many times at this point that they're not going to let it happen.
1: Who was the best uh, uh, conference this year? That is a toughie because you have to really choose between the Big Ten
3: and the Big 12, and I honestly think that at this point, the bottom of the Big Ten was so muddled. the five teams that didn't make the field. I think a lot of their, especially on the metric side of things, kind of got pushed by the fact they played each other so many times, you know, playing a 20-game league schedule. That I honestly think that, you know, even though, You know, the Big 12 had a a team go winless for the conference season. I think the top of the league was so tough and so balanced and had so many, you know, NBA prospects. I think they were just a little bit better than the Big 10, even though the Big 10 maybe got an advantage in terms of seeding when the bracket came out.
2: I know Gonzaga has uh, been so good, but what's the matter with Western college basketball these days? I don't know if it's a matter of, you know, not being able, you know,
3: not being on TV enough, you know, that whole, you know, East Coast bias thing that, you know, everybody on the West Coast, you know, really kind of gets annoyed by. I think that's part of it. Um, I think that, you know, when you talk about Pac-12 teams in particular, the resources aren't going into it. And you can kind of think back to how the Pac-12 network has really struggled. And that really affects, you know, Athletic department's bottom line, and they can't put money into their basketball programs and from of recruiting and facilities. And you know, as I said, the Mountain West has kind of found itself in a similar position, you know, because you know it's lost a lot of television money over the past few years, and and again, that affects budgets, and that affects you know what you're able to show to recruits, and that's going to be a that's going to be a major thing, and you know, when you're heading into a generation where. You know, they, they want things to be the best, and they, and they want, you know, to be able to say to their parents, hey, you can watch me on TV, whatever. A lot of, ma- a lot of teams in the Mountain Pacific time zones can't, you know, say that to their, you know, their, their players can't say it to their parents.
1: Well, Chris, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We greatly appreciate it. Enjoy the tourney. You too, guys. Thank you so much. That's Chris Dobbertin, bracketologist for SB Nation and you can follow his work as well at bloggingthebracket.com. I don't you know that that question you asked Gordon is is really a fascinating one that uh, you know basketball college basketball in the western United States uh, has certainly uh, underperformed over a really long period of time. I mean going you know a couple of decades even you can make a you can make a strong argument and the Pac-12 in football has gotten a bad rap uh, lately or has underperformed in people's eyes. I, I, I wonder if it's, you know, bad management at the conference level. I wonder if it's universities. I wonder if it's something more uh, sociological. <laughs> sociological?
2: I, I, I don't know. Uh, it's the exact opposite of the NBA, you know. Um, and I, uh, but I don't know whether what exactly you can trace it to. Other uh, maybe the emphasis,
1: yeah. Could I,
2: it be that teams in the East, uh, colleges, uh, schools in the East, care more about college basketball than yeah.
1: that? That might be. I mean, that might be something that that uh, kids are going uh, east and selecting these college basketball because the the attention is there, right? You know, PK's been talking about this for a long, long time, and maybe I'm slowly coming around to it more and more that. You know, these young recruits, they want to play where people care. And other things like that That traditionally we've thought about uh, mattering don't matter quite as much. They want to want to play in front, front of full arenas, and they want to play on ESPN and all those sorts of things. And, um, you know, the built-in disadvantages on the West Coast don't help that, you know. So I, I'm not sure. I'd, I'd be interested to look into the recruiting and how many, you know, uh, you, blue chip college basketball players are, are leaving the Western United States and, and going East. But, you know, it might be that the type of thing, like maybe there isn't as much basketball being played in this part of the country as, as there was. And there are other interests that are uh, taking hold on America's youth. I, I really don't know. I, I really yeah. don't know. Maybe it's complete mismanagement by everybody involved. I'm not sure. I, uh,
2: with suspicious as we are about the successful college basketball
1: programs uh maybe the pockets are deeper (laughs) i don't know i'm not sure but uh, but that wouldn't explain why there have been traditional you know strong there's been traditional strong basketball played out west and there just isn't now right i mean are the the pockets any less deep for ucla Uh, i don't know but ucla hasn't really been uh, a monster program in a while But yet they're the only school, them and Arizona, are the only schools out west, and Gonzaga, obviously, that have made the the finals in the last 20 years. Yeah. Or maybe, Uh, has Arizona even made the finals in the last 20 years?
0: uh, Yes, they did. Did Um, they
1: in the early 2000s? I'm not so sure. How
0: far did Sean Miller get them?
1: Oh, Sean Miller's definitely never gone to the finals. This would be back in the in the Olson days. Wow. It's been that long. By the finals, you mean the Final Four, or you mean the finals. championship game? Championship game, finals. Wow. I mean, wow. wins, uh, you've got in the last 20 years, so in the 2000s, you've got UCLA won one, right? And that might be it.
0: They have been in the Final Four. Uh, the last time for Arizona was 2001, and they took second place that year. So there you go. So Arizona
1: would qualify. Arizona and UCLA.
0: Wow, 20 years for Arizona. That's I didn't. That blows my mind. Yeah.
1: Is well, everybody thinks Sean Miller's been this incredible coach. No, I'm not so <laughs> sure. He is notoriously underperformed in the tournament. But I, guy, I mean, okay then.
2: Along those same lines, is there a coach that would you said earlier when uh, when uh, it, it became apparent that BYU might face Michigan State? And you said, "I don't think I want much to do with Tom Izzo in March." Is there a coach out there that, would, regardless of the undulations within the program from year to year, uh, at least slight ones, uh, are is there one that when you see that name, you think whoever's playing that team might be in trouble?
1: Sure, I mean the traditional names, but let's not pre- let's not pretend like Tom Izzo hasn't had his disappointments in the tournament either. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember they were what was it three years ago? Where they were like the the hit pick, you know. Everybody was going that direction. I think they were like a two seed or something. They lost in the first round. I mean, every you know, everybody's got their tournament failures because fluky stuff happens in the tournament. But right. I uh-huh. mean, they also have their spectacular runs, and uh, they you know obviously know what they're doing. But all it, it has to do with why Michigan State's so scary, though, Gordon, is because they always have the talent. And when they underperform, usually it's not because they're lacking good players. It's other reasons. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes right down to, you know, mano a mano in one particular game, they're going to have as much if not more talent than you do.
0: Hey, back to the Sean Miller thing real quick. He's been there at Arizona since 2009. He's won 74% of his games, but he has not been to the NCAA tournament since 2017-18. You, uh, so what? So when you say he's not as good a coach as a lot of people think, are you talking just postseason performance? Yes, because seventy four percent overall is a really good record.
1: Right. I I said uh, postseason. Yeah. Underwhelming right. Underwhelming. So I said, which is true. Well, if you do, you have it up in front of you. Yeah. How far he's gone in the tournament?
0: Uh, it, he's gone to the NCAA tournament uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times, and it doesn't show me how far he went in those seven times. So. Arizona I should say.
1: He he's never been past the Sweet 16.
0: In fact, I've got Arizona's uh as a as a program, I've got how far they've gone. Uh Elite 8 2015 and that was with Sean Miller. Okay, so he did. And 14 and 11. So that's as far as he's gotten. Is uh 2015 he got to the Elite 8, 2017 the Sweet 16 and that's that's it.
1: So uh, and Arizona should be a powerhouse. Yes. I, I do. I think Arizona absolutely should be a powerhouse. They have a lot of advantages down there. They've got the history. They, and most importantly, there's a school that pours a ton of resources into college basketball.
0: So is that the Pac-12 being a little easier uh, for Arizona than the NCAA tournament is for Arizona? Yes. I, I mean, that yeah. gets
1: to what we've been talking about. Was it was it two years ago, uh, Austin, that, that the Pac-12 didn't have anybody make it out of round one? Yep. That was it. Yeah. <laughs> That was not a high point. Yeah, so I mean, well, they had been... like
0: six teams, didn't they? I don't. Yeah,
1: and so yeah, I do think Arizona's been making hay against a league that has been not terrific for a long time.
2: Okay, so answer your own question:
1: which uh, which league is the toughest, absolutely, in your mind? Consistently, it's, year by year. Usually, it's the ACC. But I I do agree with Chris. I don't I don't think it was the ACC this year. Okay. It's hard to tell. I
2: mean, and this has been kind of a crazy year, as you've pointed out. But, uh, I mean, how many years can you remember? And, and by this is relative, obviously. But Duke is down. Kansas is down. Kentucky is down, you know, relative it, to Kansas what you Kansas isn't expect. that down, though. I nah, mean, they just bit. didn't win the league. Yeah, the expectation is pretty high there, I think. But, yeah,
1: I don't know. Well, yeah because they win the league every year and they don't once so let's see what uh what you, what's Kansas's seed even aren't they a high seed uh yeah I, I think they were I was,
2: I was kind of surprised but aren't they a three yeah Kansas was 12 and six
0: there's some that think Eastern Washington might have a shot against Kansas but I don't know that's they've had a lot of injuries and, and other things going on in yeah. Kansas too
2: I, I've seen that as a popular upset pick.
1: Well, I don't know if I'd call him down though. But you can say that about Duke and Kentucky, certainly, and anybody, Louisville for that matter. Is, speaking of uh, upset picks,
2: is anybody picking Utah State over Texas Tech? Have you seen uh, any chatter about that? Uh, uh, Ken
0: Palm on uh, with Hans today said he has a he would he would probably lean towards doing that.
1: Oh, really? Well, you got to respect Ken Palm. I don't think this Texas Tech team is as good as they were a few years ago. Certainly not offensively. But the Aggies are gonna to have to get some shots to go. Kata has to be the best guy on the floor. Imagine if that
2: McClung kid had gone to BYU, wasn't he strongly considering BYU yeah, before he chose Texas according Tech? According to reports. Yeah. He I mean fill it, it up. It put him on this BYU team this year. Huh. <laughs> That might have been a little bit of fun for Cougar fans to watch. Yeah. All right, we'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.